I hope you enjoyed our sermon series that we finished now called Awkward Moments. And uh, so hopefully we're leaving the awkward moments behind us and we'll get on to uh, more pleasant things. But I'm starting a new series today uh, called Psalm 2019. Now, I know that there are not 2019 verse or chapters in the book of Psalms. It's the year 2019, and we are going to be going through Psalm 20 and Psalm 19. And there's five uh, sermons in this series. Uh, today, we're going to be starting in Psalm 20, because it's 2019. Uh, you can see that says, My Rock and My Redeemer. That's the very end of uh, Psalm 19. And uh, the, the penguins, they, they like hanging out with rocks and, and uh, where they can be protected. And so our graphics person thought that would be kind of cool, and I did too. So that's the, the meaning behind the title page. So we're going to be going through, like I said, five messages, and they're all kind of different, but they're all from these two psalms. And so uh, today we're going to be starting, and the sermon title for today is called Sanctuary. And it is the, the blessing of the presence of God. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's, it's called Sanctuary, and that is from Psalm 20, verses 1, 2, and 3. And my awesome assistant, Rowan, is going to come right now, if you would please, Rowan. And he is going to read the first three verses of Psalm 20. Hello. Hi. Okay, um, Psalm 20. In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May the name of the God of Jacob keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favorably on your burnt offerings. For Yeah. Thank you. Well done. Let's give him a hand, please. He's my great assistant, and he's now going to uh, his class, I believe. Uh the theme of sanctuary, sanctuary is one of those words that, uh, well, I guess there are, we do use the word in the current vernacular, uh, you know, like a wildlife sanctuary. And sanctuary also refers to God's holy place. And I want to talk to you about a sanctuary that, that I enjoy. And I'm going to put on my BC Lions hat. Oh, I can see now because the lights aren't shining. By the way, uh, the lighting in this place has just gone wonky in the last six, eight weeks. If you think it's weird, so do I. And we don't really know how to fix it. The lights are supposed to be off behind the curtain there, so you can't see all that stuff back there. And frankly, I don't know what's going on, but it's just lights, right? I know some of you, it's really important. Um, sorry about that. Anyways, uh, sanctuary. How did it go from lighting to there? So, it, Oh, I know why, because of this. So when... From time to time, and I, ta and I mean many times throughout my ministry, I've been blessed as a pastor to be able to go to a Christian retreat center called Cedar Springs, which is in Sumas, Washington, just across the border from Abbotsford. And they have a special place. Uh, can you please put that next slide up? They have a special place for uh, full-time ministers to go, a special arrangement, off-season, midweek, to go and spend a personal retreat and have a, a time just to be with God. And I'm going to be going there, uh, not tomorrow, but next the next Monday for two nights. 
and spending some time just the two of us, right? Just me and Jesus. And maybe the Father and the Holy Spirit too. So I guess the four of us will we'll have a time. Anyways, uh, and I wanted to just show you what it's like. And so I, the reason I have this hat on is because I couldn't think of any other way to sort of identify sanctuary. And so this is what I'll be wearing for those days while I'm there at Cedar Springs. And I'll just, I'm not inside, but outside when I go for walks. And it's beautiful. The bottom right picture there on your screen shows the lodge. I won't be staying there, but this is one of the stock photos and what the place is like. It's a retreat center, and they have capacity for a lot of people. And they have actually three man-made ponds that I'm aware of. Uh, And then they have a lot of other beautiful scenery around, including a great hike up this beautiful little uh, hill. It's It's a climbing hike. It lose my breath getting up there, and you can see for miles and miles. It's called Haystack Hill. Anyways, uh, there's the A-frame on the bottom left there. That is one of the cabins. They have two of these cabins for pastors just to come and make arrangements to be there. And so that's what I'll be staying in. And you can see two views of the same pond, one in the evening towards the lodge in the top, uh, the top left picture is uh, where you can, if, if hopefully the weather will be nice and warm, uh, so I can just be able to sit and relax. Otherwise, you've got to keep moving because it's too cold, which I've done. I've done, it, I've done it in the snow, and I've done it when it's warm out too. Uh, the last picture I want to tell you about is the, the top right, and that is that there's some awesome train, old, there's no tracks, but it's the path where the tracks were, and then they have these trellises, out, and it's it's crazy because it doesn't look like there would be these great big gouges, but there's gorges, not well, it's gorgeous as well, but they're very very sudden and very deep, and they have these old trestles, and you walk across them, and they've got you can see the cables there in the distance of this where it's kind of sunny there at the back of the picture, and they they have a fence because it goes down probably goes down about I don't know forty maybe fifty feet, just boom. It's quite a spectacular view. So, anyways, that's where I'm going to be. I get to go there from time to time, probably a couple of times a year at the most, but uh, I usually go, I don't know, twice every three years or something and just spend some time by myself with the Lord. But I believe that God wants all of us to be able to find a way in order to have our own sanctuary, to have our own place where we get away from the noise Now, I'm looking out, and a lot of you are empty nesters, and others of you are not. Others of you have kids, and uh, it's noisy at home, and it's really hard, and I I sympathize with you. Uh, When when our kids were little, I I didn't get away too often, but we had to make special arrangements (laughs) to make sure my wife wasn't overwhelmed with the kids. And uh, when I was gone, and when she would go away and do different things as well, we took turns. not every weekend or anything, but we took turns, and uh, uh, I realize it takes intentionality to get a, have a getaway, but sometimes you just, you know, you need to sacrifice an extra 20 minutes of, of daylight uh, if you wake up earlier than the kids, which is really hard to do sometimes, especially if you've had a rough night, or, you know, stay up a little 20 minutes later, or even just get someone to look after the kids, whether it's your spouse or, you know, grandparents or neighbors or whatever, and just go for a walk, but take time alone with God. 
very important to be able to do that. And if you're, if you're really good at just ignoring the noise, you don't need to get away. You just ignore it. <laughs> you know, tie the kids up or something, get the duct tape out, you know. <laughs> and and uh, find a way to spend time with Jesus. Now, he can meet with you in the noise or out of the noise. But it's for us, generally, we need that time, to, that quiet, to come away to be with him. And it's not a duty. It's not like, well, you know, you're not a good Christian if you don't do this. And now I'm making you all feel guilty because it's really hard to do that. Maybe you're a single parent or whatever. I'm, I don't want to add to your trouble in your life. This is because God loves you. God loves you and wants to spend time with you. And if, if all it takes is, you know, a 10-minute car ride, make sure the, the CD player or the, the, you know, the radio or the MP3 is turned off quiet. But if you, the Bible says if you, if you come close to God, just turn toward him. He will come close to you. The invitation is there. And so... I want to walk through these. I want to walk through these three verses here today, and uh, the the first one it says, "In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry." And this assumes some things. It assumes a few things right away. In times of trouble, we don't really like the idea of having a time of trouble, but trouble will come. Jesus said, "I I." You know, you will have times of difficulty, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I will never leave you. God, God says, I will be with you in your time of trouble. And in that time of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. Now, may the Lord answer your cry. I, I, I was looking at that and thinking about that. And, you know, sometimes, like if I, 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 if I hit my thumb with a hammer, I will cry out. But I'm not, that's not the kind of cry, because <laughs> I remember I was with my brother-in-law, and he, I, he's a carpenter, and I'm, I'm not. But I was helping him with his construction of his house, and he knew I hit my thumb, and he, was, he knows I'm a pastor. He's not a Christian yet. And he's, he was listening for what, I would, what would come out of my mouth, see if there would be any naughty words. And, you know, I won't say that I've never said a naughty word, but by the grace of God, that time, I did not. And so he was quite impressed. In fact, he told me that. But sometimes we cry out in anger at God. Sometimes we cry out because we feel entitled or we feel like, well, God, you said that this would have, you said this and that, and I'm, you know, I'm expecting you to, you know, hold up your end of the bargain or whatever it is. I don't believe that's what this kind of cry is. And the Bible's very clear about humility. It says that God, God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. And we can have boldness, and we can have enthusiasm, but God wants us to be bold but not haughty. Bold but not demanding when we come to him. And I love this scripture in James chapter 4. It, it actually, the words up there are not, the words up there don't include this part of the verse. It says, God gives grace generously. God is not holding back and, and waiting until you have finished your squirming just to teach you a lesson. 
and, you know, with his arms crossed, God wants to pour his grace out into our lives. And he gives grace generously. God is a generous God. He opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. You know what I don't want to do? I don't want to be in a place where God is opposing me. I got enough trouble. I got enough weakness on my own. I don't need to find myself in a place where God is going to resist me. Come on. I want to be in a place where God's heart is toward me. I want to be in a place of humility, uh, approaching God that way. It goes on to say, humble yourselves, verse 7 of James chapter 4. So humble yourselves before God, and if you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. So there's, there's a lot of awesome teaching in there. And uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5, it says that if we humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God uh, at, the, at the right time, he will lift us up in honor. So when we're calling on the name of the Lord, you know, God understands when it's painful and he understands when life is difficult. And, and yet when, when we're crying out to God, let's, let's hold on to this heart that is not resisted by God, but it's a heart that is open to what God will do and acknowledge that he is the one in whom we trust. And I'm waiting for the shouts of amen. May the name of the, Lord, of the God of Jacob keep you safe from all harm. And now verse 2, I wanted to talk about this in verse 2. It says, may he send you help. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Zion, or strengthen you from Jerusalem, it might say in your Bible. But the, in the Hebrew, it says Zion, which is the place where the temple was built. It was the, it was the place where the, David set up a tabernacle or a tent to worship God day and night. And it was the center of Jerusalem, which was the sort of center of the Jewish culture at that time. And, and so he says, may he, may he send you help. And I want to ask you, what do you think about when you're praying to God? Do you think of God as being at a place where he needs to send help to us? Is God far away from you when you pray? Do you think of God as, as being in, you know, like Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven? Okay, so where, where is that place? Is it like far away? You know, if you, if you go to Christchurch, New Zealand, and you point in that direction, you won't be pointing in the same direction as we are here because you're on the other side of the world. So you're actually pointing off in, off in space way on the other side. I, I tell my friends in Malawi that, you know, and it just blows their mind. They don't, they don't get it. <laughs> but... You know, where, where is that place? Where is God when we're asking him, you know, you're in heaven, and would you, would you uh, what does it say, send help from your sanctuary? I think for, for us New Testament believers, when we're quoting prayers from the Old Testament, we need to be aware that it's okay to quote those prayers from the Old Testament. It's good. It's not bad. Don't, don't get hung up on it. But let's remember that God is not restricted 
to a physical place in Zion where the temple is, where the holy, the, the holy sanctuary is. God isn't stuck there. He is with us always. Now, I often will think of God as being kind of like right beside me or right across the Starbucks table from me or whatever. I, I think of him as being that close. And, you know, even that is a little bit off because actually Jesus is in us and not only like the, third, the second person of the Trinity, but all of, the, of God is in us the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, Jesus said this in John chapter 14 and verse 20, um, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And so we can think of Jesus as being in us, but we're not only having him in us, but we are in him. And if you get that, you'll have to explain it to me over coffee after. (laughs) But that sense of closeness, God is not far away. That word Emmanuel, we sang it earlier, and it's, it's actually not misspelled here. There's different ways to spell the same word because it's from the Hebrew, and it doesn't translate well. And so sometimes it's with an E and sometimes with an I. But uh, anyways, this word Emmanuel, it's a, it's a word in the Bible, and it means God is with us. It's one of the nicknames of Jesus. His name will be called Emmanuel. And I just, it's my favorite Christmas word, so I just threw it in there. It's not in the text, but God is close to us. And so when we're praying, we can even quote this prayer, and, and may he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. But let's remember that he's not far away. He's not in the physical place on, you know, on the planet called Jerusalem, but he, is, he dwells among us, his people. God is with us. God is with you. When you feel far away from God, God is with you. When you feel red hot for Jesus and you're so committed to Christ, God is with you. When you're going through difficult times, God is with you. When you're going through Wonderful blessings. You, you just got a raise and you bought a brand new car and all your debts are paid off and you're all excited. God is with you then too. It's good. God is with us in all circumstances. And may he send us help from his sanctuary. Now, the word sanctuary, it, it means holy place. And, you know, we sometimes have the idea that... Uh, that, you know, God is, you know, kind of just like one of the guys, you know, just part of the gang. And when we all, you know, go out for, for whatever we do, God is just kind of hanging on there like a chum, like a friend. And, and, yeah, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But, you know, I was talking about this last week. He's the Lord, and that's the only way he actually relates to us. Like, he doesn't... He, he doesn't Say, well, you know, we'll just, let's not even talk about that. Let's just be pals. No, he's, he's the Lord. He says, you, you call me friend and that's good. Or you call me Lord, that's good. Well, I'm your friend too and that's good. 
and, and you know, it's, it's, it's a little complex, but remember that, that Jesus is separate from us in the sense that he is holy. And that doesn't mean separate from us, uh, you and me, so much as from the, uh, he's separate from the profane. He's separate from the profane and the mundane. He is special. He is unique. There is no one like God. God is holy. And we remember that when we're with him, and when are we with him? Always. When we're with him, we are in a holy place. Now, I want to be honest. I forget about this too often. But that's, you know, we're in church right now, so I think it's good for us to remind ourselves about this. That we are in a special place called the presence of God, which is the sanctuary. And tomorrow, when you're, you know, you're up to your armpits and alligators, you have to still have to drain the swamp somehow. And God will be with you, and that will be a holy place. That will be a holy place. The Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body, your physical body, God dwells in you, and it's a, it's a holy thing. It's a it's sanctuary individually and collectively as the church. And the scripture in Ephesians, I want to read this entire portion. It's a little bit longer than I would like to just spend, but I, I think it's important for us. And I, and I want you to think about this, and you might even want to write this down. It's not in the notes anywhere on the slides. Uh, the place of privilege is for all and not to be abdicated to the few. Now, I realize that I have a unique position in the church as the pastor. But this place of privilege, of being in God's presence, is not only for pastors, not only for Christian leaders, but it's for everyone. It's a place of privilege and it's a place of responsibility, and it isn't to be abdicated just to the leaders or the special ones or the intercessors or the inner circle. There's no inner and outer circle. And when you, in the New Testament, lots of times it talks about contrasting Jews and Gentiles. And as, as believers, we need to realize that there's the outsiders that were the Gentiles and there was the insiders that were the Jews. And so that's the context in which he's talking about this. And There may not be any Jewish people, or he might have part Jewish blood, I don't know. But most of us in the room are Gentiles, and we're all outsiders. There's no outsiders and insiders. We're all one in Christ. So Ephesians chapter 2, it says, Now you outsiders are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And together, we are his house, his sanctuary. Together, we are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. And we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. And through him, you are outsiders are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. You belong. Now, even if you haven't been to the belong class, you still belong. You belong. If you belong to Jesus, you belong. 
All right? But we, anyway, won't go into that. So this, this verse 2, it says, may he send you. And that sending thing is a little bit changed now that we're in the new covenant. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Zion or from Jerusalem. And now there's a whole list in the book of Hebrews that says where we are. And I just want you to see this. And, you know, this is, this is like a whole year of sermons, and we're not going to go through. We're just going to zip through this. I just want to point this scripture out to you. In Hebrews 12, 22, 23, and 24, it says, No, you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. You've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. You know that. That's where we are. And <laughs> there's a sermon. And to countless thousands of angels in joyful gathering. And you've come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. And you've come to God himself, who is the judge over all things. And you've come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven, who have now been made perfect. And you've come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of forgiveness, instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. That portion starts off, you have come to Mount Zion. And so whenever you read, Mount Zion or even Jerusalem in the Old Testament, think about this scripture because it most often is actually a foretaste of the beauty of what God has done for us in salvation. So if someone says, well, where are you? I mean, if you told them that you were in Zion, they'd probably think of, think of you as being funny, but you might want to at least think about it in your head. Okay, I'm, I'm not just in White Rock or I'm not just in Shemanus where my wife is heading. Uh, she's getting close, probably. Uh, we, we, are, we are in the heavenly Jerusalem. And if you want to read a description of that, that's found in the Revelation. But, uh, you know, we, we are, that, that's where we are in the Spirit. And so when it says, may God send you help from Zion, it's not far away. It's right here. God is with us. Now, verse 3 of this portion in, in uh, Psalm 20. It says, May he remember all your gifts and look favorably on your burnt offerings. So, this morning, when you got up, I'm not talking about burnt toast. I'm just wondering, did you do your burnt offering before you came to church this morning? Well, no, you probably didn't, because in the New Covenant, Jesus has done the work of all of the physical burnt offerings and all of the sacrificial lambs and rams and bullocks and oxen and all of those things and the doves for those who couldn't afford the, you know, the, the goat and all, all of that. I've been reading in the book of Leviticus, and it's, uh, yeah, you really got to pay attention when you're reading the book of Leviticus, I find <laughs> But in the New Testament, it talks about other kinds of offerings and sacrifices that we are to do now. And it, again, is found in the book of Hebrews. And I'd like to uh, share this before we close here fairly soon. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. It says, Let us offer, through Jesus, a continual sacrifice of praise to God. 
a continual sacrifice of praise to God. In all of the scriptures, there's lots of references to sacrifice. And a lot of times when we come, when we come to church, especially, or when we're just coming to uh, our private personal life of worship one-on-one with Jesus, we kind of go by our feelings. Uh, you know what? I'm really not kind of into that song, and so I'm not really going to, I'm not going to sing that song. I'm just going to just kind of listen and maybe tap my toe and wait for the next song. I'm sure I'll like that one better. You know, that is not the approach to have when we come to church. But when we come to church and we're singing, what we're doing is we are joining a, a spiritual dimension, a, a place in, in he, the heavenly places where the angels are gathered around the throne and they, they don't stop day or night, and we are joining with them and offering a sacrifice of praise. That's what we're doing. And so let me encourage you. Uh, I was chatting with someone this morning just prior to the, the beginning time the, when church starts. Did you know that we actually start at 1030? Did you know that? And we were talking about how that, you know, a lot of times people just come late, like all the time. And, and sometimes, you know, that, you know, especially I think of, I feel bad for the worship team sometimes because they work hard. And sometimes, you know, you miss the best song. It was the first one. But, you know, I, I was reading an article this week, and it takes the pressure off everybody. Every one of us, including the worship team that arrived here at, what, 8.15? 8 o'clock? Do I hear 7.59? Uh, everybody came late today to the worship, just saying. It's nonstop in the heavenlies. They rest not day and night, but they sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And, you know, in the heavenly place where we really want to be as a church, you know what? You don't need more of us when you come here looking for God, right? We need Jesus. We need God in our lives. We need the spiritual reality. And when we come together, we are joining that crowd worshiping God. And we, we came right, during the, during, right in the middle of worship. We walked in. Isn't that great? We all came. We all came late. But when we come, Let's come ready to give an offering. May the Lord remember all your gifts and look favorably on your burnt offerings. It doesn't stop there in verse 16. It says, don't forget to, to, uh, to do good things. And, you know, you probably did some good things this week. Don't forget to keep doing those things. And when you do the good things that you do, do them unto the Lord. Do them as an offering to God. You know, you might not get a thank you, but God will never forget. God will never forget the good things you've done. So if you don't get a thank you, and yes, teach your kids to be thankful. Teach them to say thank you. That's good. But don't expect it for yourself. Last night I picked up our daughter. She worked until 11 o'clock downtown Vancouver, and I picked her up downtown, and it was quite a Quite a zoo there on Granville Street at 11 o'clock on Saturday night. Wow, what an eye-opener from the guy from the suburbs. But anyways, you know, we're coming back and coming towards White Rock. She stayed overnight at our place because they left on the uh, ferry this morning. And she said, Dad, I sure appreciate you picking me up. And, and, I, and I said, 
that's what I do. Come on, you're my daughter. I do this for you. This is, this is just what I do. And she says, yeah, I know, but I just want you to know I appreciate it. Well, you know, that felt so good. And you know what she said to me this morning? She said, Dad, I really appreciate you coming last night. And I thought, wow, twice I get thanked and for the same thing. That was so great. And my grandkids are coming over for the whole week. It's going to be so great. And I'll be telling them many times this week, so what do you say to... Well, they call me Go-Go. That's a whole other story. What do you say to Go-Go? They'll say, oh, thank you. Sometimes, most of the time, they'll answer. But it doesn't matter because we do it for the Lord, and he's keeping track. He's keeping track. He'll never forget the good things that you do for him. So sacrifice of praise, to give our praise as an offering to the Lord. Don't forget to do good and also to give money away, give time, talents, and resources, you know, be a blessing. We have, you know, you might think that you're not rich, but you know what? You've got a nickel. You've got a toonie. You've got something that you can give to somebody, and God, God will help you. And uh, that he says that these are the sacrifices that please the Lord. Now, uh, let me just say it this way. I want to be in a place not where God is resisting me because he resists the proud. I want to be in a place where the things I do please the Lord. So I can come to church and I can sing a song and just seems so crazy. That pleases the Lord. I can change his mood. I have the power to change God's mood. He, he's pleased when he sees, well, not just me, but you too. He loves your voice. And if you just can't bear it to sing in church because you don't like the sound of your voice, sing in the shower. Sing somewhere because God loves it when you sing. Even if you can't carry a tune in a bucket, right? Now, if you are a good singer and you want to be part of the worship team on Easter Sunday, talk to Graham today. I don't know if it's too late or not, but uh, you you can be part of the worship team for Easter Sunday morning. It'd be awesome. I want to close just by saying this. Uh, you talk about faith, we have to believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. He has rewards for us. And so I would like to read this uh, Psalm 20, verses 1 to 3. Actually, I'm going to do that later. I'm going to make that the benediction. Uh, Next week, We're going to carry on in Psalm 20, and we're going to be talking about overcoming victory over life's biggest challenges. And that is the theme next week of of, uh, Psalm 20. And we're going to finish the psalm next week, and then we'll have three more sessions from Psalm 19, which is just an amazingly wonderful psalm. All right, let's stand together, please. I'd like to read this psalm for you. And um, then we're going to be dismissed. We do have people that will pray with you. If you're here today and you would like prayer, uh, we have people that will pray with you. And it's okay. You're allowed. And let me just say this. I don't know everybody here in the room, and I don't know where you're at spiritually. But I'd like to encourage you to take a step toward God this morning, whatever that looks like for you. If you don't know Jesus Ask him to show himself to you. If you know about Jesus and you actually know what you are supposed to be doing, 
Receive him. Turn your life toward him. He loves you. Take a step, whatever step that is. If you've been walking with Jesus for many years and maybe you found a little bit of discouragement has set in, take a step of faith toward him. and Just tell him that you believe he's good, even sometimes if it doesn't feel like it. Because he's got a different perspective on life than we do. Isn't that right? And now here's, here's the heart. I believe this is the heart of God for you. In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favorable, favorably on your burnt offerings. Amen. Thank you for coming today. May the Lord bless you. We love you. Glad you're here. Come back again. Next week is going to be great. And walk with God all through the week. He's with you. God bless you.